0: Well, today's a really great day in the life of our church. I know you've had an opportunity to remember and worship already. I want to punctuate our time together with a few thoughts from God's Word uh, and a short message as well. I told the worship team this morning that I'm going to preach a short message, and they laughed out loud. (laughs) I don't know what to think about that. If you would, go ahead and take your Bibles with me and turn to Ephesians 5, verse 15. My message today could really be summarized by one word. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture, chapter uh, chapter 5 of Ephesians, verses 15 through 20. But here's the word that I want us to chew on for the next 20 minutes before you leave this morning. It's a Greek word. Ex-agorazo. Ex-agorazo. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say that. Ex-agorazo. It's a word that means to buy back or to redeem. Agorazo in Greek is the word for purchase or acquire. It's related to the agora, which was the marketplace in the Greek society. But the word that we're looking at today And Ephesians 5 is not agorazo, it's ex-agorazo. Buy back. More literally, buy out of. And the Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 5.15. He says, look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time redeeming the time if you're familiar with the old King James way of rendering this buying back the time eggs agorazo why why do we do that why do we redeem the time why do we buy it back because Paul says the days are evil the days are evil let's just bow in a word of prayer before we take some time to unpack this concept of buying back the time together. Lord, would you give us insight into your word now? Would you bless these few minutes that we have in Ephesians 5, verse 15 and following, and teach us what we need to know, Lord, as we leave this morning. Would you give us, Lord, a message from your word that would help us for the next 10, 20 years, as many years as you give us on this planet in this church, in this community. And help us to redeem the time, I pray, in the strong name of Jesus, amen. A few days ago, I put up a Facebook post and I wanted people to answer, respond to this. I said, I'm preaching a 10-year anniversary message this Sunday, October 28th at Harvest Decatur. I need some help. Fill in the following blank for me. 10 years ago, I was blank. Here's a few of the answers that I got. Brad Herman wrote, 10 years ago, I was starting my eighth grade basketball season (laughs) at Muhammad. And all God's people said, stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Halel Calandrillo said, 10 years ago, I was seven. (laughs) And nothing exciting in my life happened until I was 13. Emoji of her rolling over in laughter. Geneva Schrock, who got baptized here a few years back, she said this, 10 years ago, I was a 17-year-old with a mess of a life, had no clue how drastically God was going to change my life or how he was going to use Harvest Decatur to enact that change. Daria Bennett wrote this, 10 years ago, I was a single mom with two kids thinking I'd figured out the plans for my life. My plans are higher than your plans, says the Lord Almighty. Now I'm living every day without a plan, seeking God's will day by day, thanking him that I don't have to be in control of my future. Liz Arndt wrote 10 years ago, I was 16 years old in junior high, wait, a junior in high school, sorry, with my life planned out, but God's plans were higher than that. Angie Hines wrote this 10 years ago, I was pregnant with our first son after miscarrying baby number, two, number one. And God brought beauty from ashes after being devastated by the loss. Also, I was finishing that last year of school of my career after being able to get our finances in order so that I could be a stay-at-home mom. Wow, so much has happened in 10 years. God is good. Doug Henderson wrote 10 years ago, I was back in Iraq trying to figure out where God was going to take me next. It was a time in my life when I was turning back to God and trying not to fall back into old sinful ways. Chelsea White wrote 10 years ago, I was a newlywed teaching Spanish at MacArthur, celebrating our first anniversary. And that same month, we helped launch Harvest Decatur. Thank you, everyone, for responding to that. You can still go on and respond to that if you wish on Facebook. Here's why I asked that question. Here's why I want us to think about that for just a second. I love what Pastor BK said in that video that, a church's work is not measured in years, it's measured in decades. And I, I've been thinking about that this week, that statement, because we're just one decade old. And what what does God want to do with us in the future years? And, and it's really sobering to think that, that, you know, we're just a decade old and God has so much to do for us here in the church. But a secondary desire of mine for sharing that question and asking people to comment on Facebook is to remind everyone, and we need reminders, that life moves really fast. It wasn't that long ago that Brad Herman was in the eighth grade, (laughs) that Hillel was seven, and I was 30. And life moves fast, doesn't it? It moves fast. And You know, I hate to be morbid here. This is a special day, but in just a few decades, everybody in this room will be in a grave. Thank you, Pastor Tony. That's a really cheery thought. (laughs) Many of us now are in the third and fourth quarter of life. Some of us are in overtime, as I've said before. What do we do about that, Pastor Tony? What's your point, Pastor? Get to the point quickly, will you? Here's the point from Ephesians 5. Redeem the time. Amen, church? Redeem the time. Make the most of your days. Eggs agorazo. Redeem it. How do we redeem the time? How do we make the most of the years that we have here On planet Earth. Well, Paul's going to help us with that here. Let me give you three answers to this question. How do we redeem the time quickly, and then we're done? Here's the first one. You can write this down in your notes. How do we redeem the time? We walk in wisdom, Paul says. We walk in wisdom. Paul says in verse 15 Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise. But as wise, that word look here it's an imperative in Greek. It's a command. Do this. Take inventory of your life. Observe yourself. Evaluate and reevaluate your walk. Are your actions wise? Are your habits wise? Is your lifestyle wise? This is all part and parcel of what Paul says in Ephesians 5, to walk as children of light, Ephesians 5, verse 9. And to that, you might say, okay, well, what constitutes wise walking, Pastor Tony? Could, you know, how is that different than being unwise? Well, Paul clarifies that in Ephesians 5, 2 I'll just show you some things. Here's some examples of unwise walking from chapter 5. Look at verse 3. Here's a few examples. Sexual immorality, impurity, covetousness. Everybody see that in your Bibles? Look at verse 4. Filthiness, foolish talk, crude joking. Skip down to verse 18. Paul says do not get drunk with wine that's unwise anybody here ever lived with an alcoholic you know that is unwise that is a poor use of your life and you know this, I don't want you to get confused by this wisdom category like oh I gotta go and get a, a doctorate degree and get wise in something wisdom is a moral category in Hebrew thought it means fear God and do what pleases him that's wise living that's honorable living in this day Don't you know, I've said this before. Don't do stupid. That's the opposite. That's unwise. Not fearing God, jeopardizing your life, doing things that are unpleasing to the Lord. So you might say, all right, well, what's wise living look like? What does wise walking look like? According to verse five. Ronald Reagan said this once. He said, if you want to avoid being in poverty, finish high school, get a diploma, get married, stay married, don't have kids outside of marriage, and don't get arrested. (laughs) There's wisdom for you right there. We can do more than that, though, as Christians. Paul says this in chapter 5, verse 1. He says, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. That's walking in wisdom. That's wise walking, imitating God, walking in love for one another. Look at verse eight. Paul says at the end of that verse, walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to, to, to discern as best you can what is pleasing to the Lord. Try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's what we do. That's the Christian life. Okay? Let's just practice that now. Pleasing to the Lord or unpleasing. You guys let me know. If it's pleasing, give me a thumbs up. Unpleasing, give me a thumbs down. Okay? Everybody ready? Drunkenness. Pleasing or unpleasing? This is pretty easy, isn't it? Sexual immorality. Unpleasing to the Lord. Covetousness. Sinfulness. All right. What about crude joking? Anybody convicted about that right now? What about love for one another? How do we feel about that one? What about Husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church, like Paul talks about later in Ephesians 5. What about wives respecting their husbands, like Paul tells wives in Ephesians 5? (laughs) How do we redeem the time, Harvest Decatur? How do we do that? We walk as children of the light, trying to discern what is pleasing to God. And we spend about 50 years doing that. And then we go home to glory. Write this down as number two in your notes. How else do we redeem the time? We need to view time rightly. One of the things that I've had to work through this week, preparing for this message, is why does Paul say in verse 16 that the days are evil? Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. What does Paul mean by that? Does he mean that time itself is evil? Does he mean that life on earth right now is evil? I had a hard time with that, because I'm, I'm actually having a pretty good year, 2018. I've had a lot of good days this year. You know, it, yesterday was a lot of fun. You know, our 10-year anniversary, it was... One big, glorious bounce and burn event, as George Bennett called it. How how could that day be evil? I mean, it was a good day. Here's what Paul means by that statement. The Bible as a whole differentiates between the present age and the age to come. The present age and the age to come. And oftentimes the contrast between those two realities is very stark. For instance, Paul calls this present age a present evil age. Paul says in Galatians 1.4, you can read this on the screen, the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Also in Romans 8.18, Paul says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us in the future. So why is this present age evil? Why are the days evil? It's not individual days necessarily or individual moments. It's that everything in our world right now in this present age is tainted by sin. And and it wouldn't take me that long to convince you of that. And there's this battle that's at work right now with the prince of the power of the air who's got authority that he exercises now under God's sovereignty over our world, Ephesians 2.2. And when we compare this present age with the age to come, in that age to come, when we will bask in the glory of the Lord forever, unaffected by the taint of sin, looking back on this world compared to that, you would say it's evil, sum total, it's evil. And that's why this is so crucial that we redeem it, that we buy it back, so to speak, and how do we do that? So you might say, "Okay, Pastor Tony, well, our present age is evil, according to Paul. What do we? What do we do? With it? Do we look for the first exit ramp off of this hell hole? Is that what you're saying? Do we step in front of a bus and try to expedite our time to eternity?" No, Paul says we redeem the time. We buy the days back. We we take back that which is evil. And make it good. We become light in the dark places of the world now. Everybody with me? We're light. We, we combat evil with good. We live wisely, taking advantage of every opportunity in this fallen world to conduct ourselves in a manner that is pleasing to God. And we don't waste opportunities. And we don't waste our life. And we don't wait out the clock We steward our time and our energy like we steward our finances because we only have so many years to be light in the dark. And I've said this before. Let me just reiterate. You know, there's one advantage that we have in this present age over the future age. There's one thing that's better now than it will be in the future. And that's the opportunity that we have to speak for Christ, to live for Christ, to speak about eternity and lead somebody into eternity right now you can do that right now you cannot do that in eternity in eternity your fate is sealed everybody who has died their faith, their fates are sealed too there's no purgatory there's no do-overs there's no second chances after death you have an opportunity we have an opportunity right now to redeem the time to make the most of it to impact eternity Buy it back, Paul says. Buy, buy it back. Redeem it. Make the most of it. And there's this sense of urgency. If you, don't, if you don't feel the sense of urgency in this, you're not reading this right. Maybe that's coming from Paul, who's, you know, he could die at any moment. And as he's writing, it's, there's urgency. Do what you can now to redeem time. Do what you can now to combat, combat evil with good, because life is fast and it's going to be over soon. And we only get these moments for a moment. By the way, I think that's why people worked so hard 10 years ago to build this church, to plant this church. There was a sense of urgency. In many ways, let me just speak for some of you who planted this church and were part of those core groups. This This is part of your life's work, what God has done. It's part of my life's work. And it's a beautiful thing. And God is pleased with that. The sacrifices that were made to get this church off the ground. 10 years of eggs agorazo, redeeming the time at Harvest Decatur. One more thing. I'll close with this. How else do we redeem the time? We worship the Redeemer. Look at verse 18 with me. Paul says, do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery. Can I tell you what verse 18 means in Greek? You want to know? It means don't get drunk with wine. <laughs> is that helpful? You might say, okay, well, can I have a glass of wine with my meal, Pastor Tony? Can I drink a beer every now and then? Sure. God has given us all good things to enjoy, but don't get drunk. Don't even get close. How simple is that? You might say, well, I can't drink without getting drunk, Pastor Tony. Well, then that's why the Lord gave us Dr. Pepper. All right? (laughs) Embrace it. You know what's better than wine with a meal at night? You know what's better than Dr. Pepper? According to Paul, being filled with the Spirit. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean to be filled with the spirit? Man, that's a, that's another message. I've spoken on that before and I put a question in your notes that you can process that with your family, process that in your small groups, think that through, but it means at least one thing being filled with the spirit. It means at least one thing, according to verses 19 and 20, everybody listening, but be filled with the spirit. Look at verse 19. Here's what that looks like. Here's an aspect of that addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. If I could confess some, something right now, I, there were some moments this week that I didn't do so good with that. I wasn't making melody in my heart to the Lord. I was angry and agitated and anxious. Sonia can tell you more about that if you're interested. I had to confess last night too, just some negativity, and I wasn't I wasn't full of the Spirit in those moments. How do we redeem the time in this world? How are we filled with the Spirit? Do this. Do this, Harvest Decatur. Worship the Lord. Sing to him. Sing until the darkness breaks and lifts. Worship him. Praise him. Get your eyes off of yourself and get them on the Lord. That's one aspect of being filled with the Spirit, or at least evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Sing to the Lord for the next 50 years, however many years God gives us, and then we'll go on into eternity and we'll do it for 10,000 years and then forevermore. Worshiping the Lord. Worshiping the Lord. Why should we worship him? Why do we gather here every Sunday? Why did they work so hard at that theater to get that place ready two hours ahead of time, converting that house of entertainment to a house of worship. Why do we do that? We worship the Lord because he created us and also because Jesus Christ, our Savior, redeemed us. He bought us back with his blood. Galatians 1.4, I read this just a second ago. Let me read it again. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Here's another passage from Galatians. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us. Ex agorazo. Christ bought us back from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, on a cross. Christ redeemed you, Harvest Decatur. He bought you back and gave you salvation. Redeem the time. Redeem your days and your hours for the Lord. How do we redeem the time? We walk in wisdom. We view time rightly. We worship the Redeemer. Let's pray together. Yes, Lord, we thank you. Lord, I don't just thank you for 10 years of Harvest Decatur, I thank you for 2,000 years of the church and I thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church and Lord I thank you that this church Harvest Decatur has been a house of worship I thank you for that Lord I'm proud to pastor this church I'm proud to be a co-heir of Christ Jesus and his kingdom with the people in this room and serving and ministering with them. And Lord, we worship you in this place. Make this a house of worship, truly. Make this a foretaste of heaven every Sunday. Make this a down payment on eternity where we can experience in part, Lord, the joy and the glory and the sinlessness and the taintlessness that we will experience forever with you. We worship you in this place, Lord. We worship you.